and they they flew to like LA to do a show, and there was like they got a, a call saying, "Yo, Hammer's gonna murder you. You're gonna have you." And they got back on the plane, and like MC Hammer back in the day was like, "Well, he was from Oakland. I mean, he wasn't from you know yeah. San Francisco. He was from Oakland." So, and, and then there was also like a thing where like Reza uh, from the Wu Tang got into it with Hammer, and it was like he had like six people, and Hammer had like a hundred and fifty or something. Like Hammer was like. Like, well, I mean, that was on him, though. He was, yeah. he was that. That's how he lost all his money. Is he hired his whole neighborhood and took them all on buses and shit? And then, and as it turns out, that's super fucking expensive. <laughs> Dude, I remember watching Arsenio Hall back in the day, and Arsenio was like, "Yo, Hammer, man, I, I hear you spending money like crazy." He's like, "Nah." He's like, "Well, what was the last thing you bought?" He's like, "Well, from his car, he had a light, a button where he could turn on the light to his fish tank in his house from his car." And like this is, <laughs> this is back in like, this is back in like the eighties when like that shit wasn't you couldn't do stuff like that exactly you had to hook up like a radio transmitter and like a receiver <laughs> you had to have a small person living in your attic like oh that's the signal <laughs> so it was you know, like, it's creeping me out a little bit Adam I was literally just watching third base last night talk about how MC Hammer put a hit on him. Like really? I thought, I like I thought I was having a dream when you just said that. I was like, wait, am I dreaming right now? Because I literally was just watching that. Because I got somehow got to watching this video, the gas face by third base. If you remember yeah. that, where I love that. they just were Jews trashing uh, white people instead of Palestinians for once. But uh, yeah, they just kept talking about how terrible uh, white people were during that video, which was strange. But I yeah, don't know. they were like, "Yo, Hama gets the gas face." Yeah, MC. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm like from Long Island, so like MC. They were a big deal back in the day. Uh, third base, but but yeah, hammer back. So anyway, I was in a room and I was pitching him, and then I pitched uh, I pitched who else? The football player, um, oh, Jerry Rice, an idea. I'm like Jerry Rice, man. Like I'm like Jerry Rice. How many girls did you get back in the day? You must have got. Some. And like his wife was there, so he was just like, uh, that was that. I went really bad. That's class. That's classic Adam Hunter right there. That really <laughs> I was like, is this oh, your wife? All right. Tell us about all that pussy you used to get before you met your lovely wife. Your beautiful, lovely wife. She's amazing. I'm sure. But tell us about all that crazy pussy. That's it. And then I'm, in a room, I'm in a room with uh with with John Jones and Tom Sizemore. That's that's the room. And, Oof. That's and, an interesting room. Yeah. And they and Tom Sizemore didn't know who John Jones was. Uh, and I was explaining to Tom Sizemore, like, no, man, you got to see this guy's spinning back elbow. And, and, and John Jones could not have been, he was so nice back then. This is before he became big, big, and he kind of had, right. like, I, heard, I heard he changed a little bit. but uh, I'm amazed Tom Sizemore didn't get his ass kicked by John Jones. I can see him trying to start something. He was very polite. He also didn't know why he was there or even where he was. Uh, I'm not even sure Tom Sizemore knew what was going on. So, uh, <laughs> Well, at least we know who John Jones originally got cocaine from. Yeah. <laughs> that was probably the origin story. Yeah, I bet. So I had a show Thursday. Um, it was like at this like, it was in Temecula, and they were celebrating 30 years of downtown Temecula. They were famous for like the bank that Jesse James robbed back in the day, and it was like outside in like a hamburger place. Uh, and literally, I'm standing outside, and people are laughing, but if people are walking back and forth. And I'm just roasting them as they're walking. Like they have nothing to do with. The oh, food. I saw that. I. Saw <laughs> and then people were dying. People were actually dying uh, because, like, you know, I'm like, this couple just came from not getting laid, and and uh, this couple came out of the closet today. That guy gets top, and and then there was like, no one was wearing a mask except for a guy that was like 350 pounds, 
And I was like, hey, you're like the one guy who needs oxygen. Like, you're probably oh. the <laughs> guy. <laughs> I was like, is that a mask or a napkin? Uh, but oh then, so like, then some little 12-year-old came with, like, three of his buddies, right? And I'm like, I'm like, who let, uh, was there a Pokemon game or something? And then the kid goes, whatever, you bootleg Tony Hawk. I was like, oh, that's a good one. <laughs> fucking kid got me. He got me, right? I was like, where are your parents? And then his mom was there. So I'm like, oh, is that your dad? She's like, no, that, that's my coworker. And then I'm like, oh, sure he is. Everyone hangs out with their coworkers on Thursday nights at 9 o'clock. <laughs> I'm like, when are you going to tell him? When are you going to tell him? You know, like I was just like, so then I was like, luckily that was, uh, that was it. Then Friday night I drove to Laughlin six hours to a show, which I didn't realize it was an AA convention. So it was like <laughs> 400 people that were recovering uh-huh. all uh, I, I even. Wonder, said, I wonder if the casino knew. That that's, <laughs> they're like, oh yeah, bring your group. Oh yeah, the whole group will give you a great discount. Wait a minute, what? You're you're not drinking? <laughs> oh, I was like, I think I made you guys relapse during the show, but they were actually really a fun. I got a standing ovation, Greg. I was like, of course, that's like my that's like my like group of people, uh, you know, recovering. Exactly, you found your crowd, and it's recovering alcoholics. <laughs> And then, then I drove to Bakersfield Saturday night to do a show. I had a Zoom show before that where I got hired to uh, to roast this guy. who was his birthday. He's an editor for Marvel. So the whole crowd on Zoom was all editors, a bunch of introverts. So it was the, yeah. best, the best crowd. And his wife, so I'm just roasting him to death because she gave me all these things about him. It was good. And then I did a show outside afterward. There was like 19 comics, then me. So the crowd was gone. Uh, and then there was a, a train that kept coming, like five feet from where the oh. So every time I get to a punchline, it's a fucking train, and it was like the, one of those long ass trains, it just never ends. And then it, went, then it went backwards. Like it kept, I'm like, great, it's just doing fucking laps, this train. And then some girl was like, started heckling me, and I'm like, sorry, the, the train's bringing up memories of when you got run over by a train. Like, oh, yeah. so then, so yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was crazy. Don Fry, how are you, man? Okay, partner Harry. Good, good. How was your weekend? All right, that was Don Fry. Uh, Why not? No, I'm back. What'd you ask? How was your weekend? Ah, shit, I guess okay. I mean, I'm alive, so it mustn't have been too bad, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go, yeah. I saw saw a picture with you and uh, Stan Severn and Rob Schneider. Yeah, hell, partner, that's a couple months old. All right, well, <laughs> apparently, apparently, you're not following. You're not following our podcast very well. Well, I think your Wi-Fi is that long. It takes you that long to upload a photo. <laughs> uh, it's really. <laughs> and then, I put, the, put the antennas on the horse, you know, yeah, and trot him up to the top of the mountain. And then, uh, Greg, how you doing, man? What's going on? Uh, good man. You know, all I can think about is these gigs that you take, like that video, you were basically performing on like a crate down in, uh, whatever that town, Temecula. And I'm just like, I can only imagine like they're trying to get a comedian and then, and when they real, when someone goes, they're like, we can get you Adam Hunter. They're like, for this? 
sure. and they're like, yeah, he'll take anything. <laughs> and they get Adam fucking Hunter with all these credits, this amazing comedian, and he fucking Temecula in front of a train. <laughs> At least I remember I get tipped more than I got for the gig. I'm not sure if that's an insult or, 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 like, I get more money than I got for the actual gig and tips. Someone's like, here's an extra couple of, like... This is a like George Foreman preaching on street corners, right? So yeah. Adam, uh, which is uh, preaching on street corners until he, he gets, you know, makes his comeback. Yeah. Well, it's, 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 <laughs> meanwhile, so there's a there's a parent who's mad at me at like, at, like my kid's school. I'm not sure if I can talk about this, but uh, so the, you know. <laughs> I found out one of the parents is like was a, a battle rapper. This female, right? My daughter. Oh, perfect. Friend, my daughter's friend's friend, right? So I was like, at the meeting, I was like, I, I saw her at school. I'm like, hey, I heard you used to be a battle rapper, right? Like, I thought that was cool, right? She was just, she's like, no, that never happened. And I was like, okay, all right. I'm like, but it said on the internet you were a battle rapper. She's like, no. <laughs> so then, so then, I, then I get a text. Like, oh, really? You're trying to you're trying to imagine that didn't happen because I can pull up evidence right now. So, so I can force I, you to confront your past. <laughs> so then I get a text, right? From uh, I get a text from our other mutual friend, right? That says, uh, "Hold on," that says, "Hey, um, please don't bring up the fact that as so and so was a battle rapper. That was before she knew the Lord, and she doesn't want to be reminded of that time." Okay. So basically, I, what I just said. But that was before she knew the Lord. Uh, oh, I thought you said before she knew the whore. No, 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 no. No, knew the Lord. So I wrote, I promise I won't bring it up. I'll never have her say what's up. I won't bring up this battle. I didn't want to rattle. Like, I just I just started rapping the apology. Oh, my God. You just, you just. <laughs> so, so that. just the worst. Oh, my God. You can't help it. You can't help yourself. You see the you see the opportunity, and you're like, I know I probably shouldn't pour salt on this, but yeah, maybe I'll just pour it all on. Sean, did you ever have uh, issues with some of your your kids' parents? Uh, no, I tried to never talk to them because I was better than them, in my opinion. But um, I did see a rap battle one time. Uh, I saw a rap battle one time. It was awesome in person because uh, this fighter named Tristan Yonker, who's a really good fighter, I used to hang out with him. But he he sounds like Napoleon Dynamite or Kip Dynamite when he talks. Um, so he, uh, these guys were rap battling. He said, do me. And then the guy said something about him having a list within the second line and he open hand slapped the shit out of him. And the other rap battle guy's like, yeah, you ain't gonna slap me. And he slapped him too. And he just started dealing out slaps to everybody. It was so great. And then, uh, got in a street fight. It was ridiculous. I did win. I won that battle though that night. Uh, you want to hear my winning, uh, freestyle I did? Do I want to hear it? Is it going to get us kicked out? Well, right, no, right. it's actually, it's really good. Um, it's kicked off to, what? The internet? Right, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was something along the lines of roses are red, violets are blue, Brendan Schaub really sucks as a comedian, and Bruce Buffer's probably gay. That was, <laughs> that was all I could come up with. I can see why you yeah. It sounds like a yeah. great battle. Classic open rhyme scheme. Uh, right. Don I think it was a haiku of some kind. It was a haiku. I think that it was definitely. Don, Don Fry, did you ever get into it at like uh, sporting events with your kids or with your kids' friends' parents? It, it get into what? Battle rapping? No. No. Can we get a little Don Fry battle rapping? <laughs> I would be just as happy with a Greg Fry, Greg Fry battle rap if not. But. 
<laughs> no, but have you ever been to like coaches or anything or like referees or during your kids' sporting events or anything? Uh, I was told not to speak to the referees. And I mean, there, there's a so fucking weak and soft over here. It's unbelievable. You know, you're not allowed to, you're not allowed to question a referee, you know, or some penalty against a team. You can't, uh, you know, heckle anybody. It's a penalty against a team. It's just, it's ridiculous. I'll how weak and soft we have gotten in the society. <laughs> Don's like, you can't waterboard the PTA. What's going on here? <laughs> I know. Uh, uh, Greg <laughs> Fry, what happened at, at, at the PTA meeting? Hey, they wanted me to stop questioning everything. I got up there and said, I got this bitches in charge. And they're like, you can't call her a bitch. I said, fine. Why is this cunt in charge? Hey, welcome to the room, yeah. <laughs> I wish you would have made all that rhyme, Greg. That would have been better. <laughs> all right, so uh, let's talk about some of the fights. Apparently, apparently, you're not allowed when you're in court. You're not allowed to um, tell the judge that uh, domestic violence is so weak you can go to jail for letting a big fart, you know, and uh, they, they, don't, they don't appreciate that, you know. Yeah, I can, see that. I can see that wouldn't be a good defense. All right, now, um, so the fight's over the weekend. Michael Chandler versus Oliveira. That was a great fight. I mean, you know. The first round was, yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah, I obviously want. <laughs> what there was of it, yeah. I obviously right. wanted Chandler to win. You know, I'm, I'm friends with Chandler. Chandler. Um, Oliveira seems like a really nice guy, too. And, uh, but it was one of those things where I'm not even sure what Chandler could have done even better. I mean, I almost, he almost fought like a, he fought a great duck. fight. Duck. He could have he ducked, right. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of people were like, he doesn't, a lot of people said he didn't deserve to be there. I think he really proved he deserved to be there. Um, oh, yeah. He was seconds away from winning. Uh, just, Oliveira just had a better night. Uh, I would love to see the rematch, though, on that one. Greg? I think you have to have a rematch. I mean, because the tail of the tape was the first round, and Chandler was clearly winning. He got caught. He got classic fucking caught. And without that one punch, and Oliveira also had that killer instinct to jump on him. Chandler had a couple of those opportunities in the first round, and it could be argued that he should have done what Oliveira did when he caught him in the second. Uh, John? Yeah, I was, uh, it was it sucked, man. The main card, the way it went, I would have won thousands of dollars in any scenario <laughs> under which it wasn't what exactly what happened. I had so many parlays. If any fight went the other way, I would have won. But it, it went the only way I could lose. It went, but uh, I think we found out. I mean, I thought uh, the reach advantage for Oliveira played a big role when I was watching it uh, with him and Chandler. Even though Chandler fought well, um, I thought the reach was getting in trouble uh, at points. And then uh, – when I saw Tony Ferguson fight, I was sure Chandler was going to win because I was like, oh, it isn't Oliveira's that good. Just Tony Ferguson is that bad now that when they fought that it made Oliveira look that good. It's, uh, I know we're not talking about Tony Ferguson yet, man, but that was sad to watch. That was a terrible thing. Don, mm. what, are you, Don what are your thoughts on the uh, main event? Yeah, I, I lost money on that one too. Shit. And, uh, I, you know, I thought sure Chandler was going to win when Oliver had that walkout music that uh, was probably uh, a Lawrence, Lawrence Wilk special or something. But as soon as when I saw Chandler come up there to get to the gate, I knew he was going to lose. There's something that just flashed across his face, which uh, 
you know, you, you just see it momentarily, and then I was like, shit, I need to change my bet, please. Now, 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 Sean, when you lose a bet like that, are you mad all night long? Yeah, I never did well when I lost, man. Even if I knew I was going to lose going in, like if I had been able to train or anything or was hurt, it, uh, I could never go when I lost. I could never go to an after party. I could never – I was ashamed, like, to be seen by anybody for No, no, I'm talking, about, I'm, talking about losing a, I'm talking about losing the bets like that. When you would have lost a bet, are you pissed Oh, yeah, no. It, uh, yeah, it ruins everything, man. It, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's so funny because if I've got money on, like, Chandler, I think they stopped it early even if he got decapitated. I'm like, his head could have got put back on. I'm like, what are they doing? But if I've got money on Chandler, the minute he hits uh, Oliveira, I'm like, stop the fight, stop the fight. Like, I really, like, it really does affect the way I, uh, way I feel about fights when they're going on. But, yeah, it's, uh, it ruins my night, man. It's, uh, I don't know, but I'm still, I have a running tab, so I'm still up over the past three years gambling on fights. So I'm still up. So it's kind of like I feel like, you know, I haven't really lost anything. If you consider I'm still a couple grand up, so. You know, that's the thing about gambling on, when you're gambling on a fight, on the fights, especially on the whole card, running a parlay or whatever. Like, like the victory is never as sweet as, as awful as the defeat feels. Now, you know, the you loss, know it's, it's really weird you said that, Greg. I was reading something about somebody that said, like, people eventually, like, give up gambling. They said because that's the problem. It gets to where winning's not as fun as losing is bad. And they said eventually yeah. a lot of people get to that point. They just quit doing it because they're just like, if I'm not gambling thousands of dollars, there's no joy in winning, you know, when you win 30 or 50 bucks or whatever, and then losing hurts way worse. So not that's to cut like, you off, I just thought that was interesting that you said that because that's yeah. like a psychological study they did saying that. It's, so now it's true. When was, like, yeah, when I was at the Holly Home fight, I had like a 12-fight parlay, right? And the first fight lost. So now I'm now I'm rooting for, now and then my next like ten came in. So now I'm rooting for everybody to lose. I'm like, no, I, I can't. I, I don't now. I want my picks to be wrong because you don't yeah. want to get one wrong. I want I'm like I want them all wrong. And that's the other thing. When the first one blows it, it it's ruined. It's already blown. But then when the rest go right, then it's just like just jamming you in the fucking eye. And that's the worst part. Like, you win, and it's, like, satisfactory. You're like, okay, cool. I knew it. I fucking knew it. But when you lose, it's like, fuck, deep mother, fuck. Tony Ferguson, man, you know, everyone's like, should he retire? He announced yesterday he's not retiring. He says it's only the beginning. This is just oh. the <laughs> only beginning of the death Yeah, only the beginning of the CTE. Um, maybe, maybe. Maybe he's addicted to losing now, you know, because he gets that tie from the loss. I mean, the only thing I, I mean, the only thing I think he should do is, is if the way I would get behind him saying it is if he just completely goes to a different camp, one of these like American Top Team or uh, AKA, and kind of buys into that program because what he's doing right now is not working for him. Totally. So I'm blown away by the role confidence can play in fights, man, still to this day. Um, he looked like he, he thought he was going to lose every minute of that fight. Like, when it, from the start, he looked like he thought he was going to lose. And not that Dariush isn't good, but he's not that good, man. Like, that was a total domination. I always thought uh, – I don't know if I ever told you guys about that or told you, Adam, but uh, I was positive when I fought so pally lay. He couldn't even look me in the eyes. He was so terrified at the weigh-in and at, before the fight. And I was like, this dude's about to catch an ass, but he's so scared. Then he beat the brakes off me. Like, it wasn't even close at any point. And I was like, oh, I guess confidence doesn't really matter. But uh, now, do you I don't know. Maybe Ferguson should go to Diego Sanchez's uh, gay guru. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. 
Imagine he does that, and then he goes undefeated afterwards. Like, he actually does that. Would that would be amazing. Like, now, I mean, do you think it's one of those things, uh, Don and and, and, uh, and Sean and I mean, Greg, too, but since you guys are fighters. Uh, Understood. Um, where I always said that when guys do everything technically wrong but get away with it, like a guy like Anderson Silva, whose hands are down, his chin is up, but he's just so much quicker than everybody, or like a Roy Jones Jr., kind of the same thing. Um, eventually, that it catches up to you, and then the technique's not there, and then you're just a slight second or even more than that slower. That's kind of what Dean Thomas said uh, when he was thing, and then all of a sudden you start getting caught, and then these things aren't working for you. Do you think that's what's happening with Tony Ferguson, Don? No. I mean, he's, I've never seen him walk around with his hands down, his chin up. You know, not that bad, but, um, uh, yeah, he slowed down a little bit. Obviously, it happens to everybody. So when that when that happens, you should change camps. Um, it's not hard for the people to let you go. It's hard for somebody to, to let you in, you know, when you're fucking on the host. But, yeah, you've got to change the styles completely. Uh, Sean, I think, man, um, I really think it's just confidence thing. I think maybe he's, you know, athletically he slowed a little bit, but it, uh, you know, I remember the first time I ever lost Monty Cox was my agent at the time and told me, he said, don't let this ruin you. And I said, what do you mean? He said, I've seen, I've managed a thousand guys in my life. And it's a very rare that anyone, when guys are undefeated, they have this belief in the back of their mind that they can't lose. They'll find a way to win. They'll get lucky. Even if they're losing, they'll win. And I had that same thing. I was positive. I was going to win every fight. I, I figured I'll figure out a way no matter what. And then once you realize you really can lose and you realize how bad it hurts and how embarrassing it is, um, I, it can work both ways. It worked against me, and I think it works against a lot of guys because you start fighting just to try to not lose. Like, that's your goal is to not lose as opposed to trying to win. And uh, I, I don't know. Tony Ferguson just looked like he didn't want to be out there. He looked like he was just trying to make it to a decision. It was, it was strange, man, for a guy that usually – I mean, he didn't even try anything crazy like he normally did or didn't try uh, – it didn't try yeah. to right there. That's what it looked like to me. So. I mean, I mean, comedy is the same way. I'm sure, Greg, you could tell. Is that like it's like when you bomb? So like the first time, like when you bomb, sometimes you're like I can't wait to go back on stage. Like, and then you start. Sometimes you, no matter how how big you bomb, you can start questioning shit. Like you oh, can yeah. start going like, oh my, and then you just want to have a good set, but you forget like what got you the good set, which is telling the jokes. You just become result-oriented. And being like, comfortable. You know, you lose your comfortability. You're overthinking everything, and you're trying to set it all up so that you can't lose. Yeah. Instead of just going up there and having fun, you know, and winning. I mean, I think Tony, I mean, listen, this guy's taken so much damage. He's been in some just wars. And I think we're just seeing the results of that. And I don't know the changing camp is going to do anything about that. I think that he may be headed down the Cerrone road. I think they got to give him like a Jim Miller. They got to give him somebody like that's not in the top 15 and see how he does, get his confidence back, see how he does, and then go there. Because giving him these top two, three guys, is just not, it's not going to work out for him right now. Um, that's a man. That's what I always loved about pride. If you watch pride, Fedor would fight Mirko Kokop. Then he would fight some random Asian guy who shouldn't even be in there with him. Then he would go fight a really tough guy. Then he would fight Zulu or somebody who also shouldn't be in there with him. But I think it helps guys build momentum, man. You know, like if you have a really tough fight that you almost lose or you barely come out to have a fight, not necessarily an easy fight, but one that you should win nine out of ten times. I'd like to see the UFC do that a little more, except instead of always having best versus best. Like, you know, the number two guy's got to fight number one. Then when he loses, he's got to fight number three. Then he's got to fight number four or number two again. Like, it's just, I, I don't know, man. 
Nobody, nobody had crazier fights than Don Fry. Uh, you against that Asian guy that was 500 pounds? Who's that guy? Akibono. Akibono. That was one of the craziest things I've ever seen in my life. Uh, I mean, that guy, he, the guy weighed, what, 435? Uh, I think 490 or something like that. He'd cut down. <laughs> he cut down to 490. I mean, that's when you're looking across a guy that's 490, what's going through your head? Uh, I hope I don't fall down and he eats me. <laughs> <laughs> Glad I that's didn't wear I, that barbecue cologne. <laughs> yeah, that's what I told Big John McCarthy. Uh, first time I fought in the UFC, eight, you know, against the guy who was twice my weight. He was four ten. So John came over the corner and talked. I said, "You got any questions?" I said, "Yeah, if I fall down, don't let him eat me." <laughs> nobody, nobody had worse luck than that that guy from Israel, Modi. What was his name? Modi. Hornstein. Uh, oh my God. Hornstein. He, he I mean, was a pretty. He climbed, he, he tried to climb the fence to get the hell out of there after Mark Coleman got hold of him. You know? He was a good yeah. fighter, though. He was like an Israeli guy. He was a stud, and they put him up against Mark Coleman his first fight, and then who? And then was it you the second fight? Don. It's gonna work in the ring. Oh fuck! Yeah. Did you fought him right? You there? Yeah, yeah. Didn't you fight Modi Hornstein? No. Who? You. No, no. Oh. Who else did Modi Horstein fight? What? Who else did he fight? Oh, I have no idea, man. <laughs> I have no idea. Modi. All I know is that, you know, after Coleman got holding, he was trying to climb the cage to get the hell out of there. You know, shit. All right, I'm looking him up. Started Modi. running, kept running. Modi the Hammer Horstein. He had a record of one and six. Uh, he was from hey, it his like you your hammer's broken. <laughs> All right, well, but but his first fight was against Mark Coleman. His second fight was against the other Mark, His second fight was against Mark Kerr. Uh, his third fight was against Oleg Taktarov. I mean, God, talk, about having, talk about who is this guy's manager? <laughs> and who did he beat? Somebody who's anti-Semitic, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> then he fought Bob Schreiber. I don't know who that is, but then he he beat Patrick Smith. He beat Pat Smith, uh, who had a record of twenty and seventeen. And Pat Smith was a pretty good fighter. Uh, and then he and then he and then he lost to Bob Schreiber again, and he lost to Alex Her uh, Ferreira. But yeah, I mean, when your first fights are against Mark Coleman, Mark Kerr, and Oleg Taktarov, <laughs> it was like three of the best guys of all time. <laughs> um, I mean, come on. Fuck. I thought, you know, I thought you, yeah. Do you think a, a Jewish guy from Israel would have a good agent and, you know, not do German. Schreiber sounds German. So yeah, yeah. those know. two, that must be quite a fight. <laughs> um, by the way, so Jacare needs to hang it up too. I, I, fucking, I, I, I like Jacare. I was saying that. I was saying it. Uh, that was rough. I mean, I mean, I'm not sure at this point what Jacare has to prove, right? Yeah. I'd like to see him prove he can walk in the cage without doing that crocodile stupidity, but that's me. <laughs> that's the last thing I think he has to prove, because that's the stupidest shit I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Right. But aside, aside from that, though, I mean, so, so Jacare, uh, 
And then Matt Snell lost. My buddy Kane, uh, uh, Danger Cage. That sucked. Um, Caitlin that fight sucked. Caitlin Chukagan won. Uh, that was a that was a good fight. Good good. It was. Me. She looked really good too. She used that length, man. She looked good. Yeah, she's kind of a hottie too. Uh, kind of a you know. And then uh, Ed, <laughs> uh, Edson Barboza beat Shane Burgos. That was a good fight. Was that fight of the night? That probably should have been. What a fight. I think I think that might be the end of those calf kicks, though. I mean, Jesus. You see what it did to his shin? Uh, Fuck all that. Uh, and then on the undercard, uh, there was some, some actually a good undercard. The whole the card was good. Uh, Jacare lost. Lando Venato won. Although somebody gave the other guy, uh, somebody gave him 30-27. That was weird, right? Um, the Beverly Hills Ninja won. I told you that was going to happen. Uh, Andrea Lee the little hottie uh, cowboy. Oh, girl. yeah. Uh, she won. Gina Mazzani, I thought would have won. And then the ref stood her up from Mount. Uh, or she was, like in, she was like in guard. And they stood her up. That was Beltran, who's usually a really good ref. I don't know what he was thinking on that one. So, uh, yeah, it was a good. I think we got to stop trying to make this Antonina Shevchenko happen, man. She's clearly not her sister. You know, I mean. She yeah. she sucks. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. She doesn't not suck, uh, but she's not her. But compared to her sister, I that's mean, what I'm saying. I mean, they keep building her up. She doesn't have the wins. I don't think she has the resume. But they keep putting her on all these good cards because her last name Shevchenko. And I think they just they gotta they gotta set her down. Let her go to go be learn to be a better fighter first. I I, I hear you. I I do hear you. Um, and then, uh, so let's talk about the fights coming up this week. There's some good fights this week. Uh, Don Fry, we got to get you ESPN Plus, okay? That's my mission in life, okay. is to get you. All it's, right. It's $5 a month. I will, I will pay for it, I promise you. You know, uh, that is on the internet, though, right? So that's going to be a problem. <laughs> Don doesn't have good internet. ESPN Plus isn't going to work. I, I feel like Don is just playing us. Uh, so this week uh, in Bellator, this Friday night, Cyborg is fighting Leslie Smith. Look, I love Leslie Smith. Leslie Smith is a fucking badass. We did a, we did a comedy show together. She had a tumor removed from her stomach and then still did a show that night uh, in, in Vegas. And, and, we wow. showed, and, my, and my, my, my wife came and I was showing her the video of her getting it. And my wife's like, what, what kind of friends do you have? It was like when we first started dating. <laughs> and then right after that, like Stefan Bonner came over and he's like, hey, you want to see my tooth that I got stuck in my hand? And my, my wife almost ran for the fucking hills. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so she's fighting Cyborg. The first fight did not go very well. Um, it's a tough fight for Leslie. Uh, she's in college. I know she just finished college again. And she's always like doing these crazy, like, you know, protests and starting unions. And she's a real badass. I hope she beats Cyborg. It's an uphill battle, though. Uh, who do we like in this fight, Greg? I think obviously Cyborg. I mean, you know, she's back where she's comfortable and kicking ass, and I don't think it's going to be that much of a challenge for her this time. Uh, McCorkle? I don't think any female is going to be a, char a challenge for a Cyborg. I think, uh, I think she'd beat Amanda Nunes if they fought again. Um, I don't uh, – anybody – I don't know. You're going to have to have a man to fight that woman and beat her. Man, she is tough. She is really, really good. Have you ever rolled a girl? Uh, no, I actually, actually one time, a long time ago when I first started, it made me extremely uncomfortable, um, because it felt like there was, there was absolutely, yeah, cause I was used to rolling around with men, but, um, <laughs> no, it, uh, there was like, I, I didn't feel like I could, I mean, she was 120 pounds. I feel like I could do anything without 
potentially hurting her, you know, so it was kind of like it was weird. I told the jiu-jitsu coach, it, when they had a, a substitute teacher, because my normal guy that taught here, the Brazilian guy, he would just roll with all the girls nonstop and, like, molest them the whole time. Like, that was his M.O. Um, is that he goes and, uh, like, he would always be like, oh, no, you roll with me, like every chick that came in. So some of the guys in there we all talked about maybe so we could get a private lesson every class also because that's obviously what he was doing. <laughs> I don't want to say his name, but it's Marcelo Montero. So. Uh, Don Fry, uh, have you ever rolled with a girl? Uh, shit. <laughs> Uh, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. I, you know, uh, one, a couple of the guys brought, uh, his cousin, one of the guys brought his cousin in one time because she was moving to, uh, Minneapolis and we wanted to teach her some shit and, but she was good looking. So everybody wanted to roll with her, you know? So I just, <laughs> I, I showed a couple things and then I got the hell out of there. Nah. You know, I was married and I didn't need the bullshit. You know, so. <laughs> Were there you any boner before you got married? Any boner timeouts? Yeah. <laughs> I, you're right, though. Yeah. I've I rolled with girls before, and it's hard. It's hard when they're like, uh, they're better than you, like skill wise, but you know, you could just outstrength them. You know, so you have to like not use your strength. And sometimes it's actually hard going. It's almost harder going 50% or 30% than it is going full, especially if you come from a wrestling background, because wrestling is like 100% or nothing. That's what they want. You almost, it's what's, hard to like go 70% in wrestling practice. You know? What's weird, Adam, is that's how I felt when I rolled with men also. Everyone was always better than me. I was just bigger and stronger than them. So like that's how I was always able to do everything. So. Yeah, but it feels even, it feels worse. I mean, you don't want to like use your out muscle a girl because then you just feel like you're just being a fucking pussy in a lot of ways. Yeah. You know, like you just, I don't know. You just kind of, yeah, like, I don't know. Like, it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard sometimes to go light. It's like, it's like when I, it's like when I, when I coach, and one kid's clearly better than the other kid. And I tell the one kid, hey, just focus on technique, you know, and right, right. And yet, even during live wrestling, it never really goes that way. It's just hard because it's like the egos get involved and yada, yada, yada. Um, so Darian Caldwell, who I'm still, who was a Bellator champion. I don't know how this guy makes 135. He's two inches taller than me. He's, he's got to be about six feet. Uh, 135. He was a national champion. He was like a four-time state champion wrestler in high school. And then he lost to Antonio McKee quickly with some weird like it was like a basic I don't even I can't even describe it. It was just strange. But he's fighting Leandro Higo. Should be a good fight. I think Caldwell beats everyone right now except for Antonio McKee. And I think that was strange. Uh, Paige Van Zandt's boyfriend or husband now. By the way, Paige Van Zandt, if you, you follow her on uh, TikTok, Greg? Uh, no. Um, she's like, <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, it's weird because I still, I don't look at her as a young girl, but she's, I'm 42. You know, she's got to be early 20. But she's very sexualized. Let's just put it that way. Like, she's very, like, free with her body. And, but she's married, no, her husband. But she's like, hum she's in different positions and humping and fucking side boob and front boob and, Okay, I'm downloading TikTok right now. <laughs> Let me just grab this app. You, no, you sold, no, you sold no. me. I didn't realize. I mean, the, there's so much <laughs> that's been collected and put on other sites. I didn't feel the need to see it. So, <laughs> anyway, her husband is Austin Vandiford, who's like this goofy, nice guy who's undefeated from uh, Alaska. He should be in the UFC. I feel like being married to Paige Van Zandt hurt him. 
Like they went extra hard to not sign him for some fucking reason. But he's fighting Fabian mm-hmm. Edwards, who's Leon Edwards' brother, who's nine and one. Good. This is a good fight. This is a yeah. good fight. Wait a minute, Adam. Are you insinuating the UFC would ever hold a grudge against anyone? I can't. I have a hard time <laughs> imagining anyone at the UFC holding a grudge. I, I, I don't understand. Well, this is just, it's just strange. And also on the card uh, is Saad Awad, who uh, remember he, he came to my yeah he came to my house one day. Him and Georgie Caracanya. We did a podcast at my house, and this guy like at the time like my wife found this like there was a pregnant cat that was following her home, so we like took it in because it was uh, it was pregnant. And it gave birth in our bathroom. So it was like the most disgusting shit ever. It was just like, I mean, when a cat gives birth, it's just, they kind of fall. So there's like five kids in the bathroom and you can't walk in there. And then you couldn't look. And then my other cat got upset. My female that I brought home, this pregnant cat. So she shit on my bed for a week while I was <laughs> And I fucking came home from Vegas and I just popped my bed. I'm like, what the hell? And I was fucking like a, a cat litter, you know, like that was her way of being like, you bring home pregnant bitches. This is what happens. But anyway, Saad Awad came to my house when the cats were there and, uh, and he was playing with all the cats and he was like, you could tell how a person is by how they treat animals. So, uh, <laughs> my, uh, my admittedly, my internet's not the best today cause it's raining, but all I got was that you were talking about this guy and Saad Awad. And then all of a sudden he reminded you of a pregnant cat shitting all over your bed. And I was like, okay, I don't know how that, like, how those two came together, but if his fighting reminds you of a pregnant cat shitting itself, right? I got to watch that guy fight. Uh, very close. You, you got most of it. You got it right. And that was about the chance. Uh, also on the undercard is this guy, Aviv Gozali from Israel, who is like a Henzo grade to see, like, fourth degree black belt, has like five wins under five minutes. This dude is the future. He is the future. He's like 20 years old. His dad is like 50. And was like a Israeli, you know, in the military. He's a bare knuckle boxer. Tony Orgestein, you know, when he claimed, claimed he was like, you know, the Mossad or something like that, right? No, no, it's a little different. <laughs> this guy is like legit. They call him the Israeli Batman. His father. Uh, he's a, a bare knuckle boxer now, but he was like, is a badass. Also, is Valerie Loretto, who you talk about a thirst trap. This girl. Yeah. Uh, she's just all about letting guys like thirst over her butt. I mean, she's like a fucking, she's like a, she's beautiful. She's a karate champion, but she's not ashamed of her body at all. Uh, and likes to let everyone look at it. Um, she's fighting. Is she on TikTok? Her name is Valerie Loretto. L-O-U-R-E-D-A. And she's always twerking. She's got always on a yacht somehow. Her ass is always like a big bubble butt. Um, I guess Luke Rockhold tried to get in her DMs one time and she posted it. And then um, Masvidal said like, nice try because they train together. So, <laughs> but. Uh, well, I think her name's going to be Valerie Mrs. X Mrs. Don Fry. <laughs> in a little bit. He's going to no, give this some time. No, I have enough, <laughs> I have enough of those. I have enough of those. I'm not trying to start collecting. You get I'm, not, that I'm, not I'm not competing with Randy Couture and that's why contract. <laughs> now, if you get a fourth, I think they give you a uh, like a lifetime of free whoppers or something. <laughs> yeah, for being um, a loser, yeah. <laughs> I'm still just stuck on the fact not not about Don Fry marrying that girl, but I can't believe a Jew is about to take something over like the lightweight division. I've just never heard 
of any situation where a Jew would take over or run anything. So, all right, this know. is this podcast taking a weird, <laughs> a very strange. <laughs> I, 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 I'm not really sure how much this might not be the best time to like talk about this. All right, so. Also, Friday night, uh, Indicta is now. I thought you were about to. Boy, I thought you were about to start talking about what's happening over in Israel. I, I'm not. <laughs> this this may not be the best time to talk about, but really, Palestine, Israel, chill it out, tone it down, take it to the ring. This is ridiculous. Dude, it's crazy. It's crazy. Somebody on the Sorry. internet. Somebody, some woman on the internet compared the U.S. government to Hamas. Right. Uh, because they both uh, commit war crimes or something, and I and I, I was like, "Come on, this is now we're now we're getting extreme here." And I didn't I mean said, to start this conversation. We can go back to the fights. No, no, so and all I said was like, all I said was comparing the U.S. government to Hamas is like comparing Chip Chip Tolley, uh to uh, um, to ISIS because they both blow shit up, right? And then um, somebody people unfriended me. They're like, "Fuck you! I hope you don't get your tones back from Coinbase." I'm like. Like, like, <laughs> all right. I just think, I, I don't know. I think, I think comparing the U.S. to Hamas. What was that, Sean? I was going to say, I'd say comparing the U.S. to Hamas is more like comparing Brendan Shaw to Carrot Top. Like, there's nothing funny about it, not in any fashion. <laughs> Carrot Top puts on a good show. People, nothing, people, I've never seen it. Sometimes, sometimes. Uh, I'm telling you, people shit on Carrot Top, but like, Everyone I know who actually sees the show was like, it was hilarious. No, uh, I, gotta go. I, think, I think the idea, people don't like the idea of Carrot Top, but I mean, there's a reason he gets six million a year in fucking Vegas. You know, they're not just giving Yeah, that's true too. Absolutely. Now I have to hang myself. I didn't know that. <laughs> <You don't. laughs> Carrot Top makes six million dollars a year. Yeah. Oh my God. I think that's like base too. I don't even think that's with yeah, all the answers. Dude, he's just a strange guy. He like, he um he didn't like doing his makeup every day for a show, so, he, so <laughs> not because he was a man, but because for the show. So he like tattooed eyeliner on his eyes. Yeah, like, permanently. Like, but like, doesn't he have like fake muscle injections too? Like, didn't he put like some kind of silicone in his arms or something that like had to be taken out? Well, he I heard probably he just like, moved from his face to his biceps. I think that's like, yeah. He had a bunch of plastic surgeries too. Yeah. Well, I heard um, allegedly he was like roid raging for a while. And then, yeah. and when he was doing that, he was like flipping out on the crowd, like throwing his props around and shit. God, like, maybe his show is amazing. I was going to see that. I was going to say, so not everyone said it was an amazing show. <laughs> Come on, if you see Carrot Top Roid raging on the on stage throwing his props around, it might be fun. That, that sounds awesome. All yeah. right. So Friday night in Victa, uh, which now moved to Access TV. I, I don't even know. Oh, okay. That's a channel. <laughs> <laughs> Invictus still more visible than Bellator. I love it. Uh, the main, the, the couple good, a lot of good fights on this. Liz Tracy, Emily Ducote is fighting. Uh, my, uh, our girl, Alicia Zapatella, who's been on the show a bunch of times, smoking hot girl with all tatted up, like cool chick. She was a wrestler. She's fighting Jessica Del Boni. I'm looking forward to that fight. Uh, <laughs> Dude, I was I like in the King of the Cage one time. I was at King of the Cage one time. I saw her second or third fight ever. Just mentioned to her, I said, you can really fight. Like, I said, you really were impressive tonight. And her manager or whatever the guy's coach, whatever, was scared to death. I was going to try to take take her from him and manage her or something. I don't know what the deal is. Like, he kept jumping in. Like, hey, I mean, she's under contract. I was like, dude, I just told her good fight. Like, I'm not trying to. 
not trying like that Jewish fighter trying to take over everything. Um, all right. No. So, yeah. <laughs> so I'm just trying to do a good job. All right. So Saturday night, Saturday night, uh, by the way, I, I dealt with a lot of anti-Semitism growing up in Long Island. Kids, like, when I, when I was a kid, when I was in middle school, we had, like, the bar mitzvahs, right? The Jews, we, every Saturday we go to bar mitzvahs, big parties. But once it, once it came, once those ended, the lacrosse players took over. And uh, I don't know, there was just some of them. One kid used to hand out pennies to all the Jewish kids. Uh, that, like, and he'd be like, hey, you're Jewish, here's, here's a penny. Because, like, there was some... They were like, thanks. Oh. <laughs> it was like... No, I I I go. I hurt my back picking him up, but um, yeah. but, but but yeah, it was it was it was, it was fucking terrible. Um, I was kind of a fucked up kid though. And I, like I remember when I went to boarding school, Greg, you know, I used to get bullied a lot. I was thirteen years old in Maine, and this my roommate used to pick on me all the time. He was like one hundred and sixty. So I was, finally I was like I put thumbtacks all over the ground, and I was like, hey, you know, your mom's a whore or something. And he walked in barefoot and stepped on all the thumbtacks. And I just, Ooh. I just laughed. Yeah, yeah. got it. <laughs> that belongs in a movie, buddy. Put that in pinned part two. <laughs> I just, I just laugh forever. Uh, Saturday night, Cody Garbrandt taking on Rob Font. Uh, Cody's coming off COVID. Uh, I remember Rob Font uh, knocked out Marlon Morass, knocked out Ricky, beat Ricky Simone, beat Sergio Pettis, lost to Asuncia. I hasn't lost since 2018. Uh, so it's a while. Cody's coming up a big one too. Um, he also, I, I think, I believe beat Asensio. Yeah, he beat Asensio. I knocked him out. Before that, he lost three in a row to Pedro Munoz, Dillashaw, Dillashaw twice. I almost feel like those TJ fights shouldn't count because he got busted for EPO his next fight. Um, they said that they tested the, the the blood afterwards, but I don't know if I believe that. Um, I was glad to hear Garbrandt. Um, I was glad to hear he beat COVID, man. Now if he could just get over little man syndrome, he'd be set. <laughs> little man syndrome yeah well uh i hope cody you know like you know like guys are like five four whatever like they're yeah. like fight or something no, I, 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 i'm a man i can fight like calm down i know it is i don't know I oh, okay. cody's a guy that oh, i got it bad <laughs> i don't think cody's back cody when he was like trying to make the ufc tweeted me like hey man could you post this like uh, i'm trying to be in the ufc blah 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 and i was like of course uh, and he's always been cool. He's always he's always been cool. Um, so how happy? Unlike other people who've not always been cool after they they become big. Uh, so was that a fight. shot at Ariel Hawani? No, he was never cool. Uh, okay, was, I'm just curious. No, Ariel Hawani just like I think he's picking on you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I have big man syndrome. Yes. Uh, also, Carla Esparza, uh, who remember I remember she came on the first. Like I mean, love to have big man syndrome. Ever <laughs> talk about when it comes to anal sex? She's a I'll, I'll trade you. <laughs> uh, Greg, we're talking about anal sex here. So, sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. That's no, why you said he would trade me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when Carla came on like the first podcast we ever did, and I asked her about anal sex somehow, and she said she's a team player when it comes to anal sex. Uh, and then that, of course, made the headline. Uh, yeah, and then every time she was on the show after that, she was like, don't ask me any crazy questions, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite thing about the early MMA Roasted podcast was where you would have Hector Lombard on, and you guys would be laughing so hard you could barely breathe just when he talked, 
and then he would get mad and like threaten you. It was the funniest thing ever, man. He would get so mad. Don't you laugh at me? Don't I can tell you laugh on my face? Yeah. He would lose his second mind. It's like we're not laughing at you. You're being funny because he'd be going off. We got to get him back on. He's fighting Joe Riggs in bare knuckle boxing. That's going to be a short fight. Was that a little man syndrome uh, analogy again? Because they're both dude, tiny. I've heard so many funny things. Dude, there's a story I heard about Hector that, like, something happened at the gym where him and his training partner, like, like were wielding knives at each other or something. Like, it got, it got so intense that they both came back with, like, machetes. I, I got to ask him about that because people were telling me about it. Like, I, I, <laughs> I know he fought Josh Barnett in a real fight for, like, an hour once, and they couldn't decide who won. And he was yeah, only yeah. 170 pounder at the time or whatever. Like, that's. You can fight Josh Barnett for an hour. You're tough, man. He is. He's beyond. He, I feel like Hector Lombard was just born in the wrong like age. Like he would have. He should have been back in like the like the like the caveman, or like you know like he should have been back. You know, back then he would have been killing it. He's still killing it. Um, so remember when he came on after Trump lost and he was like speaking <laughs> speaking sheep to him. Oh yeah, <laughs> I want to be a sheep. I want to be a shame. <laughs> I remember he was about ready to kill Shang for real if they ever met up in person. I was like, gosh, that would be a bad situation, man. <laughs> Dude, that he said, I don't believe you're a comedian. I never see you on anything like the Shang. Then like, he came on the podcast for the great debate, him and Cody Gibson. We had the MMA debate, and then Eve Edwards was on. And then Hector said he thinks that Michelle Obama is a, a man because there were no Ugh. because there were no there was no proof of her being born right. <laughs> like <it> just <laughs> that's the natural conclusion i usually make yeah he he's he had strong political analysis <laughs> and not that i know anything about him but i'm not running around again no the elites the elites speaking I'm of like, politics how well how do you guys feel about how biden's doing so far all right, so, uh, there we go. Right. Don. Oh. <laughs> so Carla, is I saw like, a funny meme. I saw a funny meme. Uh, like, like, how do you ask somebody if they're vaccinated or not? Just ask them who won the election. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's I a good know, joke. Man, I, I know a lot of Democrats that won't get vaccinated either. <laughs> some people are just like uh, anti-vax, you know. Yeah, some people are. No, it's true. Yeah. Um, I mean, sure, you didn't get vaccinated, right? I uh, did not and will not. Not because I'm afraid of dying, but because they're not going to tell me what I have to do. If they would ask nicely, uh, it'd be one thing, but you're not going to tell me, like, you're going to get this vaccine, you're going to wear a mask. Like, I'm not wearing a mask, and I'm not, I haven't worn a mask yet. I'm not wearing it. I don't like being told what to do, not by anybody, certainly not by the government. But uh, no, it also, too, man, it is, uh, I'm not afraid of COVID if I was older, maybe, but uh, I'm not, uh, I don't take a flu shot. I don't take, I'll just, I'll take it as it comes, man. If I get it, I get it. Um, so if somebody yeah. asks you nicely, you'll do it? No, but I'd be a lot more likely if they just encourage everybody to take it, as opposed to if you don't do it, you got to wear a mask when you go to the mall. Like, well, we'll see how that works out. I bet I don't. Uh, now, Don, did you get vaccinated? No. <laughs> Are you going to? COVID virus got vaccinated <laughs> against Don Fry. That's what I <laughs> All right. All right. So Carla no, Carla's fighting Yan Xionen uh, from, from China, Strawweight. She's coming off a win over Claudia Gadella, beat Carolina Kowalwicz, 
beat Angela Hill. Uh, this girl's good. She won five in a row, beat Vivian Pereira, beat Kaylin Curran. Uh, man, so this should be a good fight. This should be a really good fight. That was fight. an interesting segue. Adam's like, yeah, the tr- the virus. And she's also from China. <laughs> 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 so, it was interesting. How you piece those two together. This is just the worst. Oh, <laughs> Real smooth. Real, thank you very much. Okay. <laughs> Didn't even, even notice her. Uh, Felicia Spencer, she's a, good, she's a tough one. Wait, wait, can we go back to the actual fight, though? Because I think this is a good fight for Carla. I like Carla's wrestling style against this girl. I think she's going to win. I think she too. I mean, China's not known for their wrestling. They have good wrestling, but uh, I think you're right. Carla's coming off uh, <laughs> four fights in a row, uh, wins. She beat Michelle, she beat the Karate Hottie, beat Mar- Marina Rodriguez, beat Alexa Grasso. Uh, she's got... She lost Tati. Her last loss was to Tatiana Suarez, who I believe is going to be the champion. I'm calling it right here. By the way, somebody got me really good on the internet, like really good. I couldn't even respond because I, I, I was looking through some, like, some, some old jokes of mine. I'm like, man, like, I, I called it. Like in 2015, 14, I said, here's me and the next UFC champion. It's me and Cormier. Uh, granted, he was a two-time Olympian. It wasn't the hardest pick. But I, I go, like, Cody Nolove is the, is the next big thing, you know, uh, back in like 2012. Next little thing. Next little thing. So I said back in 2015, I go, Ben Askren is the next UFC champion, right? So I go, uh, I go, I was close on this one. And then somebody wrote, as close as your eyebrows are to your hairline. <laughs> oh, like, oh, shit. That was a good one. I was like, oh. I, had, I had to retweet it because it was. I almost want to text him, hey, can I use that joke? <laughs> like, <laughs> pretty fucking good, man. Like, and now I'm looking, I'm looking through his pictures and it's like, this is like a nice kid with like a, I mean, he's losing weight and get the gym. But I'm like, no, what am I going to do? Try to get him back. I'm like, you got me. You got me. Um, all right. So also on this card, Felicia Spencer, she's the one that fought like Cyborg or Nunez took a beating. She just takes beatings, this girl, but she's pretty good. But she's pretty good. Uh, she hangs in there, but she's fighting Norma Dumont. I don't know much about Norma Dumont. She's five and one. I hope Felicia wins though. Wow. This girl, Norma Dumont looks like fucking, she's jacked. Uh, her name is, she beat Ashley Evan Smith, 30, 26. And she got knocked out by Megan Anderson. That's the problem is that Felicia doesn't really have knockout power. Ooh, that's going to be a good one. And then Edmund Shaman, he's, he's the guy everybody was so high on. Remember that kid, Edmund? He's coached by the Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, then he lost to uh, – Then he got beat. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's fighting Jack Hermanson, another guy. Mm. He's the guy that lost to Marvin Vittori. But he this is an interesting fight. Him, lost, he lost to uh, the Killer Gorilla. Uh, he beat Jacare. Yeah, this should be a good fight. This is a good card. And then on the undercard, it's Ben Rothwell, uh, Court McKee, who they say is the Conor McGregor of Ireland uh, against – I mean, I, I mean, Conor McGregor. <laughs> I was going to say, I, thought, I think yeah. Conor McGregor is the Conor McGregor. Right, no, no, I'm an idiot. Conor McGregor oh, of Utah. Oh, my God, you know. Yeah, you, Conor McGregor. You, you feel geography. Conor McGregor of Utah. <laughs> of Utah, they say. He's fighting Claudio Silva. Um, a lot of Silvas on this card. Who did you say, Adam McKenna? Who did you say was fighting Ben Rothwell? They have a guy. Uh, Chris Barnett. Chris Barnett. Oh, have you guys seen Chris Barnett fight? No. No? That dude, man, watch one of his fights. His break dance, and he's about the 300-pound dude, probably 5'10", 300 pounds. He can break dance, like, after his fights, like the best thing you've ever seen. But that dude can fight. I turned down two fights with him, man. Uh, I really did back when I was trying to get back in the UFC. They offered him twice, so I'm not fighting that dude. He doesn't get tired. Uh, and I did. So I was like, yeah, I don't want to fight him. He's a good dude. He can fight too, man. Well, he's ranked 265, <laughs> according, to, 
I'm pretty sure this is a typo. I'm pretty sure yeah. somebody printed this wrong, but they have him ranked on their website as 265. Well, he's yeah, if you are, look at my look at one of his fights on YouTube. He can fight, man. No, listen. Well, hey, listen. He's 21 and six. Uh, he's won one, two, three, four. Five. He's won six fights in a row. His last loss was to Alex Nicholson. Uh, was in 2017. I was uh, at that fight. You're at, uh, yeah, what, what, was, what was that fight like? Uh, he man, it ended in like the first 20 seconds. Nicholson like can pull some crazy shit sometimes. He threw a wild elbow, man, from the clinch and knocked him out. It's the first time Barnett, I think, had ever been knocked out. But I was positive Barnett was going to win. Because um, I'm telling you, man, Barnett, he'll, I think he'll beat Rothwell. He can fight. He fought. He was real popular over there in Japan. They called him Huggy Bear or something. He would dress up like a bear before he fought or something. Yes. Like, he's an entertaining guy, man. He has a win over he Wall can fight. He really can fight. Win over Wall Howard. Oh. He has a win over your friend, Richard White. Yeah, yeah. Uh, He's going by gonna Beast Boy? I was getting ready to fight Richard White, and no one cared, and I was trying to get some interest uh, stirred up. So I said, how ironic is it I'm fighting a guy named Dick White when he's black and a pussy? And uh, <laughs> people didn't really get into it. So then I made a Twitter yeah. account for him. I actually made a Twitter account for him and then photoshopped pictures of him with my ex-wife and posted them like he did. And then I acted outraged by it. It was actually really interesting. You think maybe you should have been training for this fight instead of doing this? Uh, yeah, I, mean, I don't know, man. I, oh, I beat him in like 30 seconds, so uh, that wasn't a problem. And then the second fight was when uh, Roy Jones Jr. talked me into taking the fight, and I didn't want to fight anymore. I said, oh, man, my back is real injured. He goes, well, dude, look, just fight that guy that you beat in 30 seconds. I was like, oh, okay. He came in. 50 pounds lighter off a 16-week training camp at American Top Team. It's like, yeah, I'm taking this serious for the first time in my life. I was like, great, because I, I like walk around the block twice. So You actually – honestly, I was with you before that fight. You couldn't even walk from the car to the diner. It was terrible, man. It, uh, I, I, yeah, I that was the worst. I, I was managing guys at the time, and Roy put on five of my fighters. I was managing on the same card. And then he's like, yeah, we can do that. But if you, will you fight too because we want your name on the card? I was like, dude, I, I don't – my back's injured. He's like, well, just somebody you'll beat real easy. And I was like, well, I, he said Richard White. And I was like, yeah, I'd beat that dude in 30 seconds. I'll beat him real easy. I didn't know he was going to do a 16-week training camp at ATT so, uh, beforehand. And uh, I probably still would have lost. But uh, I thought I could beat him until I, he came in. First time I fought him, he was fat and out of shape. This time he came in with an eight-pack abs, 50 pounds lighter, like in really, really good shape. Just looked – I was like, great. Like, that's exactly what I was hoping would happen. So. so, in MMA news, they asked Derek Lewis who should play him in a movie. He said John Travolta. <laughs> I can see that. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that fucker. That fucker stole that from me. God dang it. Because I said I wanted uh, Del Washi to play me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> At least Denzel. Denzel's heterosexual. So, I, you know, that's okay. I'm not, not that place. And, uh, Don, Wait, are you saying that Bruce Buffer's gay, Don? Is that what you just said? That, that's not what he's saying. That's the oh, okay. <laughs> I was confused for a minute. Come on, man. Bruce Buffer did the intro for my wedding, bro. I, I, I don't oh, want, my bad. I want to fucking hear this. Uh, he's got to be strengthened. Now, Don, <laughs> now, you're, now you're a real man's man. Has that guy ever hit on you? Besides Bruce Buffer. <laughs> man. God. Don? Don? I don't know. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know if he did. I have no idea. Uh, what about you, Greg? One time in Vegas, there was this gay guy. I was at. Uh, there was this band playing, and I was out there dancing. Just one. 
and this, this is the only time. Well, I'm not that I'm not good looking enough for most gay guys. But he, 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 this guy locked on me, and he kept trying to like dance on me. And I kept going, "Get the fuck away from me, dude!" And then I would move, and then I would see him coming at me again later. And I was like, "Is this what it's like? This is what it's like for chicks to have dudes trying to fucking dance on them all night." Yeah. And it was fun. I was like, "I get it now. This is fucking gross. This guy's fucking pissing me off." And uh, that that was the one time. What about you, Sean? That also oh, was was I mean, don't get me wrong. I fucked the guy, and then he bought me pancakes. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> I didn't usually sleep with him. Though. No one knows how was he yet. What about you, Sean? Oh, did I cut out? Oh, I was saying, when I was in the UFC, man, I had yeah, I was like just like a hot chick. Like, I had gay dudes all over me all the time, man. Everywhere I went, like, give me their number, and I didn't know what to do with it. I was like, oh, okay. I was gonna say something funny, but I changed my mind. But um, yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, it's uh, it's awkward, man. It is. Yeah, when I was in New York, there was a guy who was like on the. It was a big like radio DJ, and he's like an actor. It was I, like lived in my building. He was like, let's hang out, and I was like, sure, the guy's a celebrity. I didn't know he was gay. So we do like we put some cocaine. We do a couple lines, and he goes, "Buddy, I really want to suck your dick." And I was like, "Uh, well, thank you, but I'm I'm into." It. <laughs> I, I, I like women, you know? that, I like women. He goes, all right, well, what if a hot chick blows you while I do you from behind? I was like, uh, well, I'm, I'm still into women though. So then his, his girl shows up, this like hot girl. And then it was like, and then my, my buddy came and I just laughed with my friend. I'm like, thanks man, it was good to see you. It was like, this is fucking cool. <laughs> You're like, can we just do the first half of that? I mean, without the... <laughs> Without the back half of that? Yeah. How about this? How about I fuck the hot girl while you do blow and watch? How's that? Is that an option? <laughs> I, I don't even know if I could do that. I, I know some guys that are into like having sex with wives while their husbands watch, but I don't know, man. Just, just having another dude like in the room. Yeah. I used to have a buddy and we, you know, we always have these after, he always had after parties here in LA. And so there's always Coke and party and all this. And the guy was just really into fucking threesomes, but like one chick, two dudes. So he was always been, he was always been like, Hey, come with me and her in the other room. We're going to, I'm like, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, you know, I'm just going to blow out here. I'm good. And Greg was like, how much cocaine do you have? <laughs> exactly. Now, if, the, if, the, if, the, if we ran out of living room coke, maybe I would have done it. But so long as there's <laughs> living room coke, I didn't need to do bedroom coke. Uh, hey, by the way, Don, there's an internet video of uh, Tank Abbott talking about how he used to train with Tito Ortiz and Tito Ortiz stole money from him. That he's, he's, he like stole a check from him from his car and like, cashed it. And uh, he was Hello. like, I lost you. You said, I lost you when you said there's an internet video, and that was it. What, well, there's, what a video, there's a video of Tank Abbott saying that he used to train with Tito Ortiz back in the day. He got Tito into fighting, and Tito stole $500 from his car uh, one time, and then also Tito used to find out when Tank was bouncing at the bar and then come to his place, uh, his house, and steal his alcohol. Do you believe this? You know what? I've heard some crazy shit about Tito, you know, and then I've heard crazier shit about Tank. Yeah, yeah, you know, if you're hung up on that shit from 20 years ago, just tell Tito to write your damn check and get on with your fucking life. Come on. <laughs> 25 years ago. Jeez. 
And then Pat Militant says there was a time where he wanted to fight Tank Abbott, like a street fight, and Tank Abbott ran away from him, like ran back to the hotel. Is there any truth to that, you think? Well, he didn't want his food to get cold. <laughs> Don? Uh, Don. All right. So uh, I'm still answering how he was doing this, or how his weekend was, I think. Okay. <laughs> Wait for that answer to come through. All right. So, uh, so I guess John Jones. So John Jones said he wanted $30 million to fight in Ghanu. Uh, the Black Beast says he wants $8 million to fight in Ghanu. Uh, the Black Beast is fighting in Ghanu, and because Jones isn't ready to step up, Stipe Miocic gets the winner. I think Stipe should get the winner anyway, because they're, they're one and one. Uh, what's going on with John Jones? McCorkle, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, man, it's a double-edged sword because it's kind of like, you know, the UFC, it's always like, well, you signed a contract, you're under those terms, but then they can cut you from that contract anytime they want. And what I think they don't want to do is get guys in the, like, habit of, you know, like they canceled, they even canceled Conor McGregor at UFC 200 because he wanted too much money. And they're like, okay, just forget it. We'll just use somebody else, you know? Um, but uh, I, they, I don't think they want to go down that path. And if that means John, not making the fights people want to see, I don't think they care because if John Jones gets $20 million, then what does Conor McGregor want next time? Then what is, you know, if Nganu beats John Jones, what does he want for the next one? And it just, you know, until there's a fighter union, man, it's, it's going to be like this. Greg? Well, and he's, he's trying to dictate terms like he's a current fighter. Like, dude, you're not fighting. You never fight. Yeah. You got to take a fight and prove that you can still fight before you start dictating some terms. They'll just keep you on a contract make sure you don't do shit. Dude, fucking take a fight. Well, I don't get how you go. You're like, I'm going to heavyweight. And then you're like, well, I'm not fighting heavyweight unless you pay me this. Well, you're the one who wanted to go to heavyweight. Yeah. Uh, but like, why wouldn't you stay at 205? It's like you're the one. The guy's an idiot. The guy. I mean, come on. How much more of this do we got to listen to? You know. Well, it's a shame. But I, I think they really do just want to keep him from being able to do anything else until he's too old to do anything else, and then he'll go to Bellator. It would be nice (laughs) to see a guy like John Jones who does everything right and plays the game uh, to finally get rewarded. (laughs) I think you know, like a guy who's never brought any negative attention to the UFC or anything. It'd be nice to see him get what he deserves. So, so Jake Jake Paul says he's a free agent. And he's open to working with Dana White to make crossover boxing bouts happen. Yeah, good luck. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't think Dana White wants any fucking part of Jake, the Jake Paul show. I mean, Not when his crowd is chanting, fuck Jake Paul at their events. I think he's like pretty firmly going to be like, yeah, we don't want you over here. The, well, only, I, the only time you're getting Jake Paul to fight at or in a UFC event is going to be if he agrees to do MMA and Dana will probably put him in with John Jones or someone like that, I would guess. Like it uh, – I don't think he's going to let him do anything except get beat up. Well, yeah. I mean, that's, that's a, it's a dangerous game, though, because what if he fucking beats John Jones? Can you imagine? <laughs> that would, I, I love the way he's like, I'm a complete free agent. Like, really? Triller isn't holding you down? All right. Thought like, Triller signed you, a 10-fight deal. Exactly. Like, oh, okay, try and get out of that. Everyone knows you can't argue with Triller. By the way, by the way, um, so, Sean, you're a basketball fan, right? I mean, you, you play college. Yeah, I used to be. So, you know Kwame Brown? Yeah. Greg, you know Kwame Brown? Sure. Now, was he good? I don't follow basketball. Was he a good player? They're saying he's like the biggest bust. Uh, only because he went number one in the draft. If he had gone in the second round, people would have been like, hey, he's pretty good. You know, but he went right. very Exactly. He was a hype machine. He was also a real young kid when he came in, too. Yeah, he's like 18 and, when he came in. And they thought, yeah, they thought he'd so, be like Kevin Garnett, and he ended up being very average. 
Yeah. So, so he went on the internet yesterday. He, he like did a live, and it, it, it went viral because. So basically, he went off on uh like everybody. He like went off on uh. Three, so he um. <laughs> Hi, Bree. Uh, you want to hide everybody? So, uh, on, we're on couple things. <laughs> All right, so Kwame Brown, this guy's hilarious. So first he says he wants to beat up Stephen A. Smith because he's like, first he said, if I'm, if I'm a bust, then I hope every black kid's a bust because I bought my mom a house at 18 years old. Like he's saying, fuck you, you know? Um, and but, I would like to see him fight Stephen A. Smith. And he says he wants to do it in like Seattle where it's like a mutual combat rule so he can beat up Stephen A. Smith. Then he went off on, I guess he banged Chris a bunch of basketball players' wives, or, or like one of them's wives, and he talks about that, and he just goes off on everybody. He goes off on like Stephen, a Stephen Jackson, uh, I don't know who you guys are, but like he went off, and it was oh. hilarious. And then somebody put the music from uh, Hit Him Up from Tupac, but, and then like yeah. put it under it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I think the good news is Stephen A. Smith is a free agent, so he can fight anybody. Uh, I didn't hear that. So, yeah, I mean. Well, remember when, who was that one player that was on the Cavs with LeBron and then reportedly started banging LeBron's mom? And so LeBron got him kicked off the team. Okay, was like, homeless. Like, I thought, like homeless and like a huge drug problem. And, like, yeah, like, man, LeBron is a powerful guy. So yeah, so yeah, so yeah, so Arena. So basically, he said that uh, Brown. So Gilbert Arena said that um, Brown was a show pony being picked by Jordan didn't exactly help his confidence. Uh, blah blah blah. And then he goes, he goes. So this is what Brown said. I think you need to focus and channel that energy on some real problems. And Stephen A. Jackson, maybe you can put that motherfucking blunt out and pull your pants up. Uh, you're a fucking asshole. Put that rag down. You act like a grown ass man instead of a little boy. He also described uh, Barnes, I guess Matt Barnes, as Becky with the good hair, uh, who needed. <laughs> and he said, "Why is Matt Barnes getting dragged?" And then he that. said that Garena, uh, Gilbert Arenas is out of touch with his blackness. He said Arenas was the whitest guy I've ever known. Uh, I get where he's coming from. Uh, and then Barnes says, uh, "You know, I, I guess he's been the butt of jokes coming into the league, not being able to." Brown averaged six point six points and five rebounds in his career. Uh, and then he, yeah, so yeah, so that's uh, and that's MMA beef. Um, I mean, I mean, I mean NBA beef. So uh, yeah, but that's uh, well, and they're going into the playoffs. They got this little, uh, they got the 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 play-in tournament they're doing now. That's gonna be cool, man. I'm looking forward to it. Delonte West, that's what it was. Delonte West was yeah. the name of the guy. I had all those tattoos and apparently had an affair with. And but the thing is, LeBron's mom isn't that old. Like like she's only like 17 years older than LeBron. You know, yeah, yeah. So yeah. she's she's not that, and and I think this dude was was considerably older than LeBron too. So it's not like it was some weird, like totally out of control age difference that he was doing it just because it was. I think they were not that far apart in age, if yeah, I remember correctly. Don't bang your teammate's mom though, especially the best guy in the ever. It's just why not? <laughs> why I, not? Thank you. Yeah. Why not? If she's down, that's the only question. If she's into him, that's the only thing that matters. Yeah, I don't know. Did you ever bang your friend's mom, Don? No, never did. Never had the opportunity, so. <laughs> yeah. 
I, I definitely good. flirted. With, I definitely flirted with a bunch of my friends' moms. My friends had some pretty hot moms. By the way, know, Don, in the 90s. I invited you to my birthday party, uh, and you didn't even uh, text me back. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, his. It's next week. You you, you just, give me an invitation like four days out. I it's mean, just, come it's on. This Thursday. I, I I heard you went to my friend Sean's backyard wrestling show. Yeah, I went over there and watched that, but you fucking give me a four-day invitation. <laughs> well, you don't have to walk. You don't have to walk. Yeah, first of all, he's got to hitch up the, the wagon to the horses. He's got to put yeah. in enough 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 grain and seed for a yeah. four-day trip. I mean, you don't just – I get it, Don. There's a lot of prep that goes into that. You can't give me a four-day notice for a four-day trip. Yeah, well, it would have been nice if uh, you could even respond – uh, you know. No, you don't understand. His response is coming on Thursday. That's the gift. Uh, oh, thank yeah. you. <laughs> uh, Hen- Henry Cejudo is going to be there. Get on your head. Fucking Greg will be there. Henry Cejudo is going to be there. Uh, is Cejudo yeah. going to be there? Yeah, I think he'll be there. I think Scott Bayo's coming. Uh, it's it's going to be good. Tori Spelling with Dean McDermott. It's going to be a whole... Uh, we somehow lost McCorkle, and McCorkle thinks he got booted out. Oh, uh, he didn't get booted out. I think no. I think Zoom had a problem with him. Uh, <laughs> Whoever's uh, running Zoom is offended. They're like, get rid of this guy. Kick him out of the Zoom. Everybody's offended at everything these days. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, land a big fart. You know, and she, she got mad, but it's fucking true. It's fucking true. Yeah, as long you know, as I used good. to go on this Fox News show called Red Eye. Yeah, and I would do, and I would always, I'd do this character where I was offended at everything. I would always, I'm outraged. No matter what we were talking about, I was outraged. And people loved it. It was this hilarious thing. But I mean, it was just, a, and it seems like the joke has just kind of morphed into reality somehow. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, it sucks because a lot of times, like, you'll think of a joke, and rather than think of, like, who's going to laugh at this joke, you think of who's going to get mad at the joke. Who's going to – exactly. Who's going to, you know, exactly, right. get you in all kinds of trouble and try and get you canceled because how could you – it's a microaggression. And, oh, my God. Microaggression to me is the worst phrase of all time. If it's a microaggression, then it sounds like you can handle it, okay? Yeah. Let me know when it's at least aggression. Then we'll talk yeah. about it. Uh, or so a dog whistle, a fucking dog whistle. Oh, it's 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 not there, but it is. You know, I mean, uh, only certain people can hear it, but uh, everybody's offended by it. You know, come on. I agree. I'm 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 with you. I'm with you, Don Fry. I really am with you. And I'm, I'm, I'm so, they, they just make shit up. Just I making shit up. You know. Some of it. You're right. It wasn't a dog whistle because everyone could hear it. <laughs> it was just a whistle. <laughs> so, Greg, what do you got coming up? Uh, let's see. Tomorrow night, Wednesday night, my big one hour. You know, I'm doing my full headlining set. I'm sorry you can't be there. You obviously had another show, Adam. You were my first invite, uh, and when you couldn't do it, uh, but tomorrow night at the Hot Club. Did he, did he respond to your invitation? <laughs> yes. He did it. Not for two days. No, he did. He responded right away, actually. <laughs> and I was outraged. Outraged. 
Um, you but misspelled it, was, it right? <laughs> exactly. I misspelled it. It was so that's tomorrow night, Wednesday night. So when you hear this, it's probably day of the podcast or tomorrow, depending on when this podcast gets out. If you're in LA, come by the Ha Ha Comedy Club at uh, eight o'clock. And, um, and then Memorial Day weekend, the South Point Dirty at twelve thirty returns uh, for the big Memorial Day weekend bash. I'm excited to be uh, on the lineup of the All Stars down there in Vegas, man. We're gonna be rocking it out. If you're in Vegas over Memorial Day weekend, come down. It's like a, it, it, it's like five bucks, and it includes your first drink. That's how crazy they're fucking trying to make this. So join us down at the South Point on uh, Memorial Day weekend. Yes, uh, I will be at the, uh, where am I going to be? At the Roosevelt, Holly Roosevelt this Friday night in Hollywood uh, doing comedy uh, next Wednesday at the OB Fuck House in San Diego. I will make that. <laughs> uh, I want to go to that one too. <laughs> the OG Fuck House? OB, yeah. uh, an Ocean Beach Fuck House, F-U-C House. It's like a mm-hmm. wrestling venue. Uh, they have comedy. Uh, that guy, Mikey Gordon, you know Mikey Gordon? That's a fucking madman. It sounds like it's going to smell terrific in there. It goes by the wrestling name Dirty Ron. Uh, and then I will be at the uh, June 4th. I will be at the, the South Point, uh, just like you, Dirty at 1230. Uh, and then July. Well, the week after, though. You'll be there the week after. Yeah, yeah. July 5th to the 11th at the, uh, the Strat in Las Vegas. That's the week of the, of the McGregor fight. Uh, and then in Reno, Jul- June, July 22nd to the 25th. Uh, so thank you guys so much. You're the best, Greg. Don, what do you got coming up? Talk to us. Uh, I'm just going to be doing the podcast with Dan Severn. You know? Now, what's this right podcast on. Tell everybody what it's, what it's called. Dan and Don's Toxic Masculinity. Yes, and it's available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, right? Everything? Yeah, you got it, partner. Yeah, we haven't been kicked out of anything as of yet. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks, Greg. Thanks, Don. Thank you, Sean. Take Good care. Good to see you guys. Have a great week.